Today's advanced training. The activity tracker. <laughs> All right. So um, going back in my story, uh, in 1999, July 30th, 1999, I became a licensed life insurance agent. And two months later, um, it's two months later, it was a little, actually about six weeks later, uh, I started selling mortgage protection. Um, and then uh, two months after that, Heather and I picked up in North Carolina and we moved to Dallas. Uh, I tell a lot of stories about those early days and how we struggled and how, you know, the only insurance company that we represented sent me a letter saying I was going to be terminated because of bad persistency and bad placement. And, you know, just all these things were happening. Um, but one of the things that wasn't happening was I, I was selling. You know, I, I got out there and I started making sales. And uh, my good friend, Adam Katz, uh, we used to do a Wednesday call where uh, Andy would call me, I would call Adam, Adam would call Steven. They call it daisy chain phone calls, right? Everybody's three-way. And so, you know, you got the guy on one end of the call and on the other end of the call, they can't hear each other, so you got to pass the message up and down. Uh, <laughs> pretty pretty funny uh, thinking about those memories. But we used to get together on Wednesdays just as a group, just as a team, and just talk about uh, how things were going, what our numbers looked like. And uh, one day, Adam Katz, my friend Adam Katz, started out producing me. Now, nothing against Adam Katz, but I always smoked him. Um, and uh, I'm not competitive at all, of course, but uh, I always beat him. And then one day I didn't. And then the next day I didn't. And it, it happened for a couple of weeks. And finally, um, on a call that we were having, I said, whoa, 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 time out. I, Adam, I got to know what you're doing that suddenly has caused your production to go up. And now you're beating me. I got to know. And he said, simple. I'm making 75 dials a week. I said, 75 dials? You're crazy. Like, that's nothing. I do, I do that in my sleep, 75 dials. He said, really? Can you prove it? I said, well, how would I prove that I make 75 dials? You're not sitting here with me. He's like, just do the tick marks. And he started talking about one of our favorite books, uh, still one of my favorite books. I think it's an all-time must-read, especially if you're in the insurance business, uh, Frank Betcher's book, How I Raised Myself from Failure to Success in Selling. And he's talking about how you just track your numbers, track your activity. Don't get beat on the things you have control over. And now, 20 years later, so many people hear me say those things. But 20 years ago, I had to learn that lesson that I was getting beat on things I had control over. And it just made me feel stupid. <laughs> it made me feel foolish that the things I have control over, I was getting beat on. And so I started tracking my numbers. And I remember that first day of making dials. I was like, Adam Katz is making 75 dials. That's nothing. Watch this. And I dialed and dialed and dialed and dialed and dialed. And maybe you felt like this too, where you just dialed and dialed and dialed. And you're like, oh, I'm so tired. I've made so many dials. And you look down at your sheet of how many tick marks you made. I counted mine up and it was 30. <laughs> I had made 30 dials and I felt like I've been dialing for hours. I felt like I'd sweat, you know, four gallons of sweat. Just, it just felt so exhausting. I swear I had a blister on my finger from those 30 dials. And maybe you felt that same way, but that's where I was. And I realized at that point that I was getting beat uh, on the numbers. I was getting beat on the most basic things. I just firmly believe that you don't have control 
over so much in this business. I'm talking absolute control. You don't have absolute control of somebody booking an appointment with you. You don't have absolute control over somebody buying from you. You don't have absolute control on referrals. You don't have absolute control over underwriting, uh, over commission. I mean, you don't have a control over so much that, that it just reemphasizes that the things you do have control over, you gotta focus on, man, and don't get beat on that. We hear it said so many times now from the top producers, they talk about activity, 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 and not worrying about the results, focusing on the activity. So I did, and uh, I focused on my activity, my numbers got better, uh, my sales went up, uh, I, uh, and I, I was very happy with how I was doing and competing with my friends, uh, which meant I was winning. So um, <laughs> it, it all turned around. Well, um, it got to a point where I realized that just because I made these dials this week, I started reading books about just different different business books, and I remember reading Good to Great, and I was, I was enamored with how much Jim Collins loved numbers and, and how those numbers showed things and showed trends. And I was like, well, I don't know the trends in my business. I just know the, the current numbers. Well, I often say that knowing your current numbers is like balancing your checkbook with an ATM receipt. You know, you, you, check, you check the ATM to see how, uh, how your bank account's doing, and that tells you how you're doing financially. No, it tells you how, how much money you have in the bank right now. It's all it tells you. It doesn't tell you there's a, a draft coming out tomorrow for rent or there's a bill due next week for lights. Like, it doesn't tell you those things. And so um, I started becoming more... Uh, intentional about tracking numbers and not just tracking them this week or today but but tracking them over a period of time and I wanted to know what those numbers were saying and I I wanted to know um, I wanted those numbers to keep me on track and so ultimately what came out of all of that was creating what I initially called the 13-week tracker it became the activity tracker just to keep things simple Uh, and and what I see the activity tracker I see the activity tracker is this it's like a rocket. You know, when they fire a rocket, the rocket is off course 99% of the time. Uh, 99% of the time, they fire the rocket, and, and yet the rocket always hits where it's aiming, right? So how does it do that? Onboard computer. Onboard computer measures the uh, temperature, measures the barometric pressure, measures the wind speed, measures the bird it just hit. Like it measures all those things and adjusts the rocket to stay on course. But it's off course 99% of the time. Uh, and so when, when I started putting together these numbers and started tracking the, the data, uh, what I realized was the activity tracker that I ended up creating, the activity tracker was that onboard computer for your rocket. You tell it where you want it to go, and, uh, and it'll get you there. Okay, so uh, in this lesson, you're going to learn how to input the coordinates for your rocket. You're going to learn uh, how to input activity to give the computer the data it needs to make adjustments and how to follow the adjustments that the computer makes to ensure your rocket hits the target. Now, uh, everybody that's with the FITS group uh, gets the activity tracker. It's put into your Dropbox folder when we create that for you. Uh, And so you may not even know that you have it. Uh, But um, if you go look in your Dropbox folder, you'll see it there. And uh, if you need help with it, you can schedule time with your manager, your mentor, our office, me. I don't care. Uh, Let's let's talk about your activity. I, I one of the things I learned, I, I don't want to miss this point with you, is I learned that my feelings often lied to me, but the facts never did. And so that's what I felt 20 years ago. I felt that I was beating Adam. I felt that he shouldn't be beating me, but the facts showed exactly why he was. 
And so my feelings were lying to me, but as soon as I put the numbers down, I realized what it was that, that was causing me to lose. And I hate losing. <laughs> so let's jump into it. This is what the activity tracker looks like. There is a production side and a building side. Uh, the production side, is it looks like this. Um, and uh, right here, this box right here, this is where you input the coordinates. You, you put down your income goal. Maybe, maybe uh, you, can, you can manipulate this a little bit to figure out um, what you want to put down in there. But uh, most people put down their income goal. Um, maybe it's uh, uh, not necessarily an income goal you've got, but if I do this much production to get this promotion, it's going to end up being this income goal. It's not really about the income goal. It's about the production to get the promotion. Whatever. You put your income goal in there. Uh, and, uh, and, and it just all of a sudden it calculates everything that you're looking to do. You can change your agent level, um, uh, change your placement. Uh, the average premium is, is going to be put in there as a thousand dollars because that's what we see around the average. And it, it just, there's, there's data that I've been collecting for over 20 years that I just know to be true. I know that it takes 35 dials per application for an average agent, 35 dials per application. I know that uh, 30, if you're making $30 per hour, uh, and, and I know that we're typically booking, uh, making $13 per appointment that we set. Uh, I also know that you know maybe maybe it takes two hours per appointment when you're running the appointment. So there's some there's some things put in there that I know to be true, but but we'll see in just a second that those things can change. So now you start inputting the activity. Now uh, on the left hand side of the uh, of this of the activity tracker, you put the date that says three seven nineteen. Uh, typically, what we're putting down there is the end of the week. Uh, most weeks end on Saturday. And so uh, for years and years, our weeks ended on Thursday. And so that may have confused people. I don't really care what date you put there as long as the one below it is seven days later. Uh, I've seen people go six days, then eight days, then nine days, then four days. It's not like that. And it's not every day. This is 13 weeks of data. And you're putting the end of the week in that date. I've seen some people put the the, the week range in there. Maybe it was uh, March 1st to March 7th, you know, would be the date range in there uh, is maybe what they put in there. You can put that if you want. But what I do in my own is I put the, uh, the end of the week right there. Next, you're putting in your dials. Um, now, dials, that's literally picking up the phone and dialing it. Um, doesn't matter what happens next. We're going to count those other things later. But the dial is just a dial. Uh, it could also be a door knock. Maybe uh, you've been trying to call this lead but hadn't gotten in touch with it, and so uh, you go knock a door. Uh, perhaps um, you are a text a text to a client or to a, uh, a prospective lead. Right? Those those all count as dials. Contacts. This is how many people you got on the phone. Now, if you got the three-year-old that says daddy's on the potty, that doesn't count as a contact. That person is not a, a decision maker. You're looking for a decision maker. That's what counts as a contact uh, that you got in touch with. Uh, appointments. This is appointments booked. This, this next column is appointments booked. So you, you made the dial, you got a decision maker on the phone, and you booked an appointment. That's what that is. And the next one is sits. Uh, a sit is an appointment that you walked in the front door, you sat down with them. That's why we call them sits. That uh, had a, it always made me chuckle because I think men age to about 12 maturity wise and then we sort of stop. But 20 years ago, a mentor used to always say, these are, these are appointments that you consummated. <laughs> I just thought that word was funny. So uh, these are appointments that I actually held. And then apps, that's applications. That's how many apps you wrote. Um, if you wrote husband and wife, 
That's two applications. You see here that when you first put in that five, though, on, on this apps, the box turned red. That's because the app count here doesn't match the, uh, the total of the life apps and annuity apps. It doesn't, doesn't add. So those would be zero and zero, don't equal five. So that's just showing you you have an error on that. I, I made that happen because that's where a lot of people have made errors, and that kind of affects your overall numbers. Then you put down how many referrals. Uh, if you got you know four people on the ERS and then another two people on prescription card and then another three people were just straight up referrals, well, that's nine fingers I've got now. So you put in nine referrals there. Here we're putting in four just for an example. Uh, this is where you're going to put in, there's four life apps. See how the red box still said red? Because four doesn't equal five. Then uh, you put in how much annualized premium. Now, um, if you don't use spreadsheets, if you're not familiar with spreadsheets, they're really... Uh, in, in their most simple form, they are just glorified calculators. So go back to your third grade math class and, and put in a formula here. I've had people make the mistake of pulling out a calculator, figuring out their premium, and then entering that number into the spreadsheet. I just think that's uh, not a, it's giving a, a room for error uh, in the entering of your data. And uh, what I would rather do is create the formula. Let's say I picked up you know, two applications that were $50 a month. That formula would be equals parentheses 50 plus 50 in parentheses asterisk, which is the, uh, the, the multiplication button on a keyboard, 12. So if I picked up two applications at 50 bucks a piece monthly, that would be 50 plus 50 times 12. That would give you the formula here for the premium. Um, people say, that's, that's, I'm too confused by that. It's, it's serious business. It's like third grade math. Go back and learn it because you don't want to make errors on this. What if you miscalculated instead of uh, 4000 in premium, you put up there you know, 3000 in premium? That affects things. That affects where your rocket is going and what this spreadsheet is telling you you need to do and need to adjust. Uh, here we got one annuity. And then that annuity is $25,000 in, in premium, okay, uh, is what you put there. Now, the total premium over here is adjusting. It's calculating based on uh, the formulas we have in here. Annuities don't count the same as life premium. Uh, they count at 10%. I think uh, when, when this screenshot was made here, they were counting at 5%, but they now count at 10%. Uh, so you'll see the total premium over here add up for you. That's inputting the data. Now, next week, you put in the next week. So 31419, you put in all that data, right? And you work your way down the spreadsheet. Each line is a week. It's why I originally called it the 13-week tracker. I've had people say, well, Fitz, I, I really just want to know what I did this week. Well, okay, but was it a good week or a bad week? We don't know. And um, if you're making adjustments based on one week's results, that's one data point. If you draw out a line graph and have one data point, that's not going to be a very good line. It's going to be one. You need at least two lines to have a line, uh, two, two points rather to make a line, and you need many more of those to know if that line is going up or down. Uh, so I chose 13 weeks because a year is too long, uh, a week is too short, 13 weeks seems to be a good indicator of how things are going. Now when you get back up, when you finish all 13, people make the mistake, they, they will del you know, delete all that data and start over. No, it's, it's going to be a rolling 13 weeks, so when you get to the bottom, your 14th week is going to replace this first week. So you constantly have the la last 13 weeks on this sheet. Um, again, it's meant to give you uh, data here at the bottom of how the 13 weeks has gone. Now adjust your strategies. This box over here, this is, this is uh, your onboard computer. This is telling you, based on your results, what's happening. So, for example, it says, um, 
right here, well, let's see. You're going to adjust your strategy. Initially, when we input that you want to make $5,000, we said you're going to have to make 89 dials per week. Well, that changed now to 77 based on that. Now, if I was coaching you and you have one week of data on this spreadsheet, I'm not going to tell you to change anything uh, unless you made no dials. And I'm going to say make some dials. But I'm not going to tell you to change anything because that's one plot point. We don't know if it's good or bad. And, and this is not really telling us anything except that based on that, if that trend continues, you have to make less dials than what our averages said you had to do, which means you're above average, right? Uh, see how the hours of dials changed. Now, instead of two hours and 58 minutes of dials, you're going to make two and a half hours. Uh, you're saving yourself some time. Instead of seven appointments, you just need five. Instead of uh, 14 hours of appointment time, you need 10. Things changed. So you adjust your strategy. You enter in your next week. Here's uh, March 14th, the very next week, all that data. See how this changed the data over here. The, the, the strategy continues to change. So what happens, what happened for me is as I kept putting in this data, what I realized was I wake up Sunday morning, which is the beginning of the week. When I wake up Sunday morning, I know what I got to do this week. It's right there. So based on the goals that you've got, it's telling you what you need to do this week. How refreshing is that? That you don't have to think, you don't have to guess, you don't have to feel, you just got to read based on the data that you put in. So it's important that the data is accurate. I've had people just make up their dials. Oh, I made $250 a week. I had a guy one time, all 13 weeks, exactly $250 a week. I said, you are not even a good liar. Even my kids know that they should have done, if they're lying about it, do 247 one week and 252 the next rather than 250 every week, man. Come on. It's so obvious you're lying. You're not actually tracking your dials. It's important that you track your numbers. I'm not saying that because I'm sort of number Nazi. I'm not saying that because I want to micromanage your business. I have no desire to even manage your business, much less micromanage it. I, I want you to do that. Here's why I'm saying you need to track your numbers. Because you want to be a successful business owner. I wanted to be a successful business owner. And what I learned from other successful business owners is that I need to know my metrics. I need to know how my business is doing. And if you are a business owner and you don't know how your business is doing, it's going to fail. <laughs> it's going to die. It's going to crash and burn. And you're going to go, what happened? One day I was making great money. The next day, nothing. So it's when people come to me and they go, Fitz, I'm so frustrated right now because I'm just not making the production I want to do. And I go, let's look at your numbers. Oh, I'm not tracking it. <laughs> Well, so then you just had a bad day and you feel bad. Maybe you had a bad dream. Maybe you ate pizza last night for dinner right before you went to bed. Maybe you had a 3 o'clock beer, uh, 3 a.m. beer. I, I don't know. I don't know why you feel bad, but you do. And what I loved was even on the days I felt bad, I could go back to the numbers and change my feelings because the numbers would prove out and tell me what was happening. So let's, uh, before I move on to the building side, uh, and I'll be quick on the building side. As you see down here, like you're, you're, you're putting all this stuff up, you're going to see this row here that says totals. It's totaling for that 13-week period how much you've done. The average, it's averaging. So it, right here, you've averaged 121 dials a week. You've averaged talking to 14 people and booking seven and a half appointments and sitting with six and a half. And it starts popping out these ratios. Now, um, I'm not going to go deep into this today. Uh, but I now, I use this sheet, I've used it so much for myself that I'm really good at helping others because I know what I'm looking, when I'm looking at my sheet, I know what I'm looking at, I know what I'm looking for. And so I, I'm able to help that with agents now as well. Like I'm looking down here and I'm going, okay, if this person comes to me and says, I'm not making the money I want to make, I have to look and find out what's the reason. Well, 
based on this, it says they need to make 64 dials a week. That's usually the first thing I'm looking for. Well, they're averaging 121. It's not their dial count. All right, well, let's look through the ratios here. Contacts, they're getting in touch with 12%. Now, an, an average number is about 15. So they're, they're, they're not talking to the average. They're below average in how many people they're talking to. So we, we might want to game plan and brainstorm how to improve that number. Uh, I'm looking at the appointments. The current ratio is 54%. We expect 50%. Of the contacts you made, how many booked an appointment? You're over, you're above average. I'm not coaching you on that. You're doing okay. Uh, here, the sits. The sits say 87% current ratio, the baseline 75%. That means I expect you to sit on 75% of the appointments that you booked. You're sitting on 87. Rock solid, dude. There's nothing to coach there. Oh, wait a second. I'm getting 85% apps. That's, that's uh, less than one app per sit. We expect one app per sit. It's not to say you close every appointment. It's to say you meet with this family, they don't buy. You meet with the next family, husband and wife. That's two apps and two appointments. That's one per sit on average. You're below that. So we're going to talk about maybe your in-home presentation and what you're doing to, to get apps there. Maybe, maybe it's not about you not closing enough appointments. Maybe it's about you not serving the families enough that are buying. Now we get into the referrals. Oh my goodness, if somebody's at 100, that's less than one and a half referrals per application. When I see that, I go, your future business is going to be determined based on the lead availability because you're not getting enough referrals for you to become referral-based and more profitable. I would coach you on that. Uh, annuities, that's, that's terrible. One annuity for uh, 11 applications, that's, that's, it's not terrible, it's right at 10%, but we, we expect at least 10%. So you're, you're slightly below it, that's rounding up, that 10% there is rounding up. Uh, that's why it's still red, because it's still below. So um, the, the red numbers mean they're below the baseline ratio. So we need to get that number up. We need to get that ancillary sales up. Are you asking enough questions in the home and, and uncovering the money that's out there that people are desperately trying to protect from the market? Now we do have the, the building side as well. Uh, on the main page of the activity tracker, th the, this summarizes these two other tabs. There's two tabs for licensed interviews and non-licensed interviews. Now, as you're going through these numbers, uh, I separated this out and then of course we have it summarized, but I separated it out because the results on licensed interviews are different than non-licensed interviews. Licensed interviews don't have to get signed up in school. <laughs> Right, and and they're, they're, they are more likely uh, to, to to fill out a contract because they don't have to get their license; they already have it. Non-licensed interviews; those numbers are a little bit different. Not coaching on this today, but if you're putting these numbers in as well, when we're talking, when we're coaching, I can look at the numbers and give you advice based on facts, not based on feelings, because feelings lie. Feelings lie. There's a million things in the world that can affect our feelings, but one plus one always equals two. The numbers always bear out. And I, I said forever, my mom has a master's in mathematics and she was a teacher for years. I grew up with a lot of red ink in my life. And I always said, I'm not a numbers guy. I'm not a numbers guy. I'm not a numbers guy. I had to quit confessing that. Finally, somebody in my office said, I think you should probably stop saying that uh, because you're very much a numbers guy. I, I had to quit confessing it because I realized in order to be in business, I needed to know my numbers. And if I wasn't playing by the numbers, I wasn't really in business. I was just gambling on a daily basis. And I owe my family too much to treat my business like a hobby. Know your numbers. I hope that helps. Uh, if it doesn't, please let me know. 
give me feedback, say, Fitz, that was wonderful, but my numbers still suck. Okay, listen, I want to review those with you. I want to help you with those numbers. Let's get them better. Uh, let's get you better. Let's get you making the money that you want to make, uh, and let's, let's take away the excuses, okay? Hope that helps. Can I help you? Sure would like to. If you're an agent with us, please go to timewithfits.com. That's timewithfitz.com to schedule a time when I can help you directly. Just pick a topic, pick a time, and we'll meet. If you're not an agent with The Fitz Group, I encourage you to go to thefitzgroup.org slash contact. Again, that's thefitzgroup.org slash contact and send us a message. See you next week.